Welcome to The Disenfranchised, helping you to find a career path away from employment by exploring the franchise community. My name's Ed Pennell, and I'll be speaking with the entrepreneurs, experts, and leaders from across the franchise community, discovering their life stories and hearing their tips for success away from the typical nine to five grind. On this episode, I'm speaking with Kevin Fitzpatrick, who along with his wife, Carol, started their Teslon franchise in 2017, supplying workers into the healthcare sector across Glasgow, Lanarkshire, and Stirling. With a background in engineering, Kevin's journey into the healthcare recruitment world might not seem like an obvious one, but in this episode, we learn why they made the choice that they did and how Kevin's own desire for creativity or being creative and helping others is now being fulfilled. And of course, fulfillment comes in many shapes and sizes for all of us, and fulfilling customers' requirements in a timely manner is one that is very important for any business or franchise for that matter. Um, In fact, every year, UK businesses lose over £30 billion in lost sales or missed opportunities simply because they miss calls or don't have enough time to fulfil their customers' needs. And franchises, as I mentioned, are no exception. Now this is where our sponsors for today's podcast, Symphony, come in. So Symphony is an outsourced customer support service for franchisors, franchisees and other businesses, of course, helping you to focus on growing your business while they take care of your calls, emails and web chats. Basically, they're there to help you and your business respond to your customers and clients at the point where they are most interested in your product or service, even if you aren't available or you're busy working for another client. So by letting Symphony take the strain, their team of customer service experts will respond to your customers' inquiries and questions quickly and accurately while keeping them happy and coming back for more. Their expertly trained team provides live chat, email response, social media management and phone call handling 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, meaning you'll never miss an opportunity. To find out more about Symphony and their services for franchisees and franchisors, visit www.symphony.co.uk forward slash disenfranchised. Okay, so let's jump into this interview with Kevin. And by the way, look out for some fantastic advice from him towards the end, as well as a feat of superhuman strength. It's a really uh, amazing story. So I hope you enjoy it, and I'll catch you on the other side. So, Kevin Fitzpatrick, welcome to The Disenfranchised. How are you doing today? Doing good. Thank you very much. Good, I'm glad to hear it. And um, I know from the accent and, and, and things, you're up in Scotland, is that right? Yes, sunny Scotland, yes. <laughs> Fantastic, whereabouts? Uh, our office is be- based in Airdrie. So Airdrie's kind of halfway between Glasgow and Edinburgh. Oh, okay, yeah, so on that kind of central belt, isn't it? I yeah. Think that's how it's referred to? Yeah, yeah, central belt. <laughs> Fantastic. Excellent. So, Kevin, let's um, jump straight into the the questions. And uh, my first question, as always, is uh, what was your first job? My first job, um, well, I I studied engineering. uh, And my first job, I actually did uh, CAD, so computer-aided design. um, And I worked for a company who did steel profiles. So basically, the client would uh, request... um, certain components and we would I would draw them up and they would be basically burned from a from a plate so a profile burner um I moved from uh, the, the CAD side down to sales okay um and it was 
pretty good because I knew the, the kind of technical side as well. So it was a lot of kind of technical selling. Um, and then I moved from uh, profiling plates uh, to a bar, a steel stockholder at the stock steel bar. Um, and then I became uh, sales manager and then general manager. And then I moved to a, a company uh, which I then became MD and we were supplying mainly uh, steel components into the oil and gas sector, amongst other sectors, but mainly the oil and gas. Fantastic. So I, I've actually done a little bit of recruiting in the the steel industry, only kind of uh, for some small scale companies and having that technical knowledge combined with the sales ability, uh, you must have been quite popular in the industry and had a few people trying to trying to find you or trying to get yeah. you into their company. Uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, we, we latterly, we, we actually uh, put in our own heat treatment facility uh, in the previous company, uh, and that was some piece of kit. It was really very, very advanced. So basically what we would, would do, I don't know if you know anything about heat treatment, but we would take uh, steel components and put them in a furnace and basically heat the, the, the components up. And then uh, through a, a process, a kind of controlled quenching, we would then uh, determine what properties that, that component had. So customers would give us specifications saying that the steel was for whatever application, but it would need a certain hardness and a certain strength at a certain um, temperature, uh, depending again on the, on the application. So we would then take that specification and, and heat treat the, the component up and taste, test it. Uh, yeah. To make sure that it, com- it kind of complied with it with the spec. Yeah, no, I, it's actually quite interesting stuff. So I've been watching a, a program called Forged in Fire, where they make all these plates uh-huh. yeah. of steel and so on. That's how I know yeah. about that, a little bit about that that heat treat inside. But that must be on quite a big industrial scale. What you're, t- I, I'm imagining you're you're kind of supplying components for maybe construction or something like this. Is that right, or is it kind of more smaller widgets was- and that kind of thing? No, I mean the 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 components. Um, the, the the furnace size itself was about four meters by two meters, by about one point two meters high. So it's a big big furnace. Yeah. Uh, but we mainly did kind of smaller components, but uh, multiple batches of them. So yeah, cool. And and um, was this that obviously you went to university? So this is kind of the the career you always wanted from when you was younger, right? So you've well, <laughs> you worked your way up and got to, to general manager, you said, in your, in your next company. So, yeah, yeah was, I, well, was it always I, the dream? And, it, and did it live yeah. up to it? <laughs> no. It, it, my, when I, I left school, I actually tried to get into uh, Glasgow Art School. So I tried twice in a row, and my portfolio just wasn't good enough. But at, at that time, I don't know if it's still the same, but it was such a, a, a popular university um, that... People were applying globally for it, so it was very difficult to get into. So I went from from there to kind of graphic design and then into engineering. Yeah, yeah, cool. I I guess it feels to me like it's the other end of the spectrum, though, right? You've got to be quite rigid in the way that you're you're drawing. There's a lot of rules to follow in engineering, whereas in kind of general art and graphic design and that kind of thing, it's kind of... I guess there's some boundaries, but it's still kind of generally free reign. So, yeah. Um, did you did you enjoy it? I guess is what I'm I'm getting getting at. Yeah, no, I th- thoroughly enjoy it. And when you when you've done some kind of design work, um, and you actually see that the the end 
product, it's it's quite quite rewarding when you see it. So so some of the uh, machine machined items is just un- unbelievable. The, the the skill of the the, the machinists is just un- incredible. Cool. So then you you um, you said you moved into um, a company that supplied into the oil and gas industry. So what sort of projects were you you working on for that industry? Well, we mainly supplied. Um, Projects and our contacts were, were based in, in, in Aberdeen, essentially, northeast of Scotland. Yeah. But the projects, even though the, the project lead were there, it was, it was based there, these projects were going globally. Uh, so we supplied um, into the Gulf of Mexico, supplied um, Africa, we supplied basically globally. So, and they were big, big projects. Yeah. So were these things like. Um... You know, offshore platforms, or yes, or, or the vessels that are going out to the platforms, or it, it, so is is bits and pieces to go towards building those those platforms. Yes, yeah. So we we, we supplied uh, components, say valves, um, th- things like gearing, things things like that. So components that basically went onto the to the platforms. Yeah. Wow. And um, knowing the oil and gas industry like I did, um, recruiting for it for a, for a while, there must have been a few zeros involved in <laughs> in that. So the company you, you worked for must, you know, to be at that kind of senior level, must have been a lot of responsibility on your shoulders. It was. I mean, the, the, the going back to the specifications that the, the customers uh, provide you with that you need to strictly adhere to, it's depending on the application of what component it is, it can be very dangerous. You've got a lot of responsibility to to make sure that you're providing a component that's fit for purpose. So it is, it's it's a, a big responsibility. Yeah, well, the, the, those projects you're talking about, Gulf of Mexico and things like that, I know that you know that tens, if not hundreds of billions, some of these projects, yeah. right? The, the the scale of them. So if if one component delays, <laughs> you know, is not turns yeah. up and it's not quite right, you know, there's a lot of people that are involved in those projects and a lot of cost um that the, that company has to swallow and that then seriously damage the reputation of the business so yeah i, I think that's quite a, a high pressure job that you're in so is is that kind of um your, your final job before you joined the teslon brand or yes yeah yeah so how how when and why did did that kind of happen so what you know i know you're you're now um in, in business with your uh your wife carol um yeah. but yeah, talk me about that. Talk me through that transition into to you now getting to the point where you're, you're with Tesla. Right, okay. Well, Carol, uh, she was a, a learning disability nurse. So she basically had um, that kind of background, a healthcare background. And I've always wanted, even though I was managing director of a company, uh, I always wanted to have something of, of my own. Uh, so with Carol's knowledge of the healthcare and Kind of know how a business works. It was a, seemed a good a good fit, so that's how we we decided and stumbled upon Tesla. So fantastic! So when did you you start the business? We started five years ago. Uh, okay. Started two two thousand and seventeen. Um, I was I'm still kind of working uh, at my previous job, um, and I was still doing like the the kind of uh, account side and and. Doing the books, the exciting part of business, <laughs> um, and then I, I, I came on uh, full time just in January this year. All so. right, okay, yeah. So, so 
when you decided to go with the the Teslon brand or, or what it used to be known as, what was the decision-making process like? And were you actually looking for a re- recruitment business at that time or a healthcare recruitment business? What, what was your ideal we, company you were looking to set up? See, we, 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 we were looking at a, a number of different things, uh, but we kept kind of going back to the, 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 the healthcare recruitment. Um, the reason why we, we, we chose uh, Teslon or 24-7 Professional Health at that time was we just got a really good vibe of uh, of the team there. Uh, we went down, we spoke to other franchisees, um, and we just got a really good a good vibe from from the full team. Um, Ryan, um, who basically kind of he met met with us when we when we went down to head office, uh, he was just fantastic. And the I think the, the thing that kind of differs from, from I would su- suggest, a lot of franchisors out there, is they really get a genuine kind of, they, they want you to do well. It's not just about sitting back and, and taking uh, royalties. It's, it's not that at all. They genuinely want you to, to, to do well. And that, that vibe just came across really kind of strongly. So we decided to go with uh, Tesla. Excellent. What? I, I've I've heard that a lot about Ryan and and his team, and I I I think that is a massive differentiator for for people when making a decision. And um, I know I I know him pretty well, and 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 know the effort that he puts in and the care that he has yeah. is is all genuine, and and it works hard. But for for you in that decision making process, though, I I I I think there's got to be something else that you know the numbers must back it up, right? So. Um, you know, looking at it purely from a business perspective, especially because you're kind of perhaps the business side of the, the you, yeah. you two as a couple. Um, yeah. How did it stack up to what your expectations were of what was achievable for a a, a recruitment business? Yeah. The I mean, the, the I looked at the the, the numbers and they they, they did they, they, that at that time. Um, they had like a an example of what you you, you could make with the, the amount of hours that you'd uh, they would put through in a, in a on a weekly basis, and it did it, it stacked up, um, and I, I scrutinised it a fair a fair bit as you can imagine, um, and it does. I mean, it's if you put the the hours in and you, you get the hours, it's a it's a decent business. Fantastic, and 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 what were you you two looking for at that moment in time? Because you say you, you kind of wanted your own business, but uh, normally I found there's normally another motivation there. People want uh, to work from home or let's get more hours with family or increase their earnings, whatever it may be. What was your kind of drivers at, at that point in time? I think you've named them all. <laughs> um, <laughs> it, it, definitely uh, spending a bit more time with the, with the family. Uh, we've got three, three young boys um, and I was putting in in my previous job I was putting in a, a hell of a lot of hours um, I, don't get me wrong I still we still work pretty hard but it's, it's fantastic being able to do like I do the school run uh, pick the boys up and drop them off at, at, at school um, and it's just it's fantastic but they don't people maybe our neighbours will say oh look he's, he's living the life of Riley here but they don't see you because you're doing payroll on a Sunday evening and it's, it's like it's, it's, a, it's a good um it's, it's a nice balance that we've got now. So, yeah, that's it, isn't it? I don't think work-life balance is just you work less hours, is it? You just change and decide when you work 
to achieve yeah. you know the tasks that you need to for that that day that week or whatever it may be so uh yeah no that's cool that's really nice and and um was that achievable in your first kind of six months to have that kind of you know balance in place or have you had to wait sort of one year two years down the line to to achieve that uh, well, to, to, to start with, uh, I wasn't in the business for the uh, for the first few years, so Carol was putting in a lot of hours. It's the 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 nature of this business is there's a lot of compliance, um, a lot of ad, admin work. Um, I think there's if you if you don't put the hours in, you'll you'll basically trip yourself up. So we're, we're supplying. Um, healthcare workers into a sector where you, they need to be fully trained and fully compliant. So you need to make sure that that's, that's, that's the case. So Carol put in a lot of hours to start with. Um, she actually was running it herself for a good, a good part. So yeah, we, yes. we brought someone, we brought someone else in uh, to, to help. Um, and then she left just before COVID. So right through COVID, Carol had to, to basically kind of do it all, all herself. Um, and we've got someone else in now as, as well who's fantastic, Emma. She's she's came from a kind of similar type uh, background, and she's just fantastic. So, the, starting Emma, uh, kind of, I think when we started Emma, we could then uh, look at our, our, our kind of our full situation and, and then have more of a balance. Yeah. So employing staff is. Um, it's taken some of those stresses away from you, right? I'm yes. guessing some of that compliance yeah. side, maybe, and things like that. But um, did you did you ever get any um, support from head office during the the early stages? And how does that compare to now? Um, well, through the, the the early stages, what what we noted was a it was a really strong business model, um, and we always said if if we stick to the business model, it will work. It's worked with so many franchisees, but we just need to stick to the to the model. Um, and they were fantastic the early days. More so now, uh, they've now spent spent a lot of time and, and effort uh, creating Tesla Academy, which is basically, I mean, it's it's fantastic. You, you, you it takes you right from the very start to the, every every single facet of the business is in this academy. So even if you're ever stuck with any, you just go into the academy and it'll show you how, how to do it. So I, the head office is fantastic. They really played a big part at the beginning. Fantastic. So even five years on, you, you know, are you tapping into that that Tesla Academy? I guess you might be because you've you sort of perhaps newish yeah. to the business yeah. on a day-to-day -day basis. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, when I first came on, I went through all the um, the, the, the academy Um and I still do it now. If, if I'm struggling in something, I go I go back and just and pick out what, whatever I need to uh, I need to learn. So that's it's good. It's a fantastic tool. Fantastic. And how often do the the head office come and visit you, or how often do you meet up, or have a call over Zoom, or something like this? Uh, it's pr pretty regular. They were, um, I think it was just a few weeks ago. Uh, they they were up uh, Ryan and and, and Gemma. So, ah, uh, it's speak regularly as well and it's always good when there's any ever if we get any issues at all we just pick up the phone and, and, and it's usually the, the with their experience the, the issue gets dealt with so yeah fantastic that's good to hear so um how many, so your business now then so it's it's been running for five years how many 
clients do you have at the moment and, and how many agency workers are out there? I'm trying to kind yeah. of gauge the size of it now. Yeah, well, currently I think we've, we've got about 40, um, 40 care assistants and we've got about six or seven uh, nurses. Nurses are now pretty difficult to, to get a hold of now. So, um, I've, so that's the kind of the scale we are just now. Clients, um, we've actually like a, did a, a, a fair wee bit of um, kind of sales uh, on getting new clients on board uh, that are not on panel. So we prefer to deal with the clients directly and not through like a, an umbrella company as such. So. I see, yeah. So, um, so is it kind of living up to expectations for year five? Because I'm, I'm imagining you'd have had a business plan drawn out and, you know, knowing exactly where you want it to be in three to five years' time, that kind of thing. Yeah. So, I, I, and, and I mean in terms of financially. Uh-huh. The, the, the business, um, it did kind of stumble a bit. Uh, not stumbles, maybe, the, the, an incorrect word. It, it, it didn't uh, go down the, the, the path that I thought it was going to go down. But that was simply because of COVID. Um, and again, the, Carol was running the business herself. It's, it's, a, it's a lot to do yourself. So we got through that period. Um, and then we, we started, again, we started um, Emma, who has been fantastic. So then we, we're now in a position where we see it's totally steady and we're, we're, we're on, a, on, a, on a good path now. So we definitely see that there's it's a viable business and yeah, uh, and there's 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 more more to go to go at. More to come. Excellent. So, would you would you call it a successful business that you have right now? Yes, yes, I would. Fantastic. That's good to hear. And and what would you um, say has been the the key to achieving that success? Hard work, <laughs> hard work, <laughs> per- yeah. perseverance. I think that's um, perseverance is a is a big one. Um, we basically uh, we took a chance with with Emma as well because when you're um, just when we came out of COVID, we were just about kind of um, breaking even, and we were we took a risk, and that was a big help with, with Ryan as well. Ryan was pushing me, <laughs> saying you need to take someone else on and and, and grow. Uh, so we we did do that, and it has its paid paid dividends. It's, it's, uh, that, that's that's been the, the the big difference, I think. So, yeah, that's, that's really good to hear. So, um, is is that support from Ryan what you value the most from the the franchise, or in, or is there something else? I think, I mean, he's just a he's a he's a good guy. I mean, you you can just you can speak to him about anything, and it, it, one thing he's he's very honest. Um, he's very very honest, and I think because he's. Uh, had experience with all the different with the, the, the head office business itself, but then all the other franchisees, he's probably heard the, these problems that you're, you're experiencing like a thousand times, and he knows that the that the best way to get around it. So yeah, no, he's no Ryan's, he's, he's he's very good. Fantastic, good to hear. So um, I'm just want to kind of um, look at it. For, for one more question, I guess, is what I'm trying to say from the point of view of somebody who's maybe at the point of about to invest in a franchise, whether it's uh, Tesla or any others, but um, what what fears did you perhaps have in those early stages or you you and Carol have 
when going to invest because you know buying yeah. into a franchise business there's money up front that you've got to pay right and yeah yeah there's no guarantee that money's coming back in your yeah. your direction That's... um so what what kind of fears did you have that that was yeah. an <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a big investment um you, you can't go into it lightly you, you've got to really um do your research um and you've got to have again it's going back to patience and persistence you just need to persist and I've, when uh, carol moved into her first office i got i got her a little picture that says a uh, uh, persistence over everything else it's persistence you just need to keep keep going even though you've a bad day or whatever you just keep going um and you'll, you'll get there yeah no it's uh, it's good advice definitely and um yeah i think it, it, it's difficult isn't it right the the money side of things trying to invest trying to justify investing that amount of money but i guess it goes towards all the the various support that you get along the way and um and that's and and the blueprint I guess so. You've got something to follow. Um, do you do you think was at that point in time was there any other uh, or any thoughts in your mind to maybe set up something without going for a franchise and and why didn't you go down that route? I think uh, especially in, in healthcare that there is a lot of legislation where head office keeps you right up to speed with that. I think you could easily trip yourself up if you. you, you tried to do it from scratch if maybe if i was in that that sector and, and and knew the pitfalls i maybe would have started something um up without going through the franchise however i knew that i liked the business model i knew i knew it worked um history franchisees been successful um so we decided to 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 get to go down that route and the thing is it's like they're they're, they're with you every step of the way and that's that's kind of if you're in a in a business, fair enough. You're there's, there's a, um, a a sizable amount of money that you need to, to invest in that. However, if you're just standing yourself and yet something goes wrong, and I think that you're the I just they give you the the, the confidence and a, a kind of comfort factor. Yeah, no, that's really good. Cool. So, what's the the future for your for your business, your your and Carol's business? What's the plans yeah. in the future? So our plans now we're we're basically going at a, a sector that we we haven't really kind of dabbled in as yet, uh, and that's support work. So okay. we've we've mainly been doing care assistance and, and nurses. So we're really going to uh, attack the the uh, support work sector. So that's that's our, our next plan. Fantastic, and um, it's from what I've seen, quite a market for it out there at the moment, isn't there? Yeah. There? Definitely, it's, yeah. uh, it's going to be a challenge for you trying to find the people, I guess. Well, that's that's it. Everybody's looking for them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, look, uh, let's let's move on to kind of my my final three questions then. And the the first of those is, uh, I'm interested to find if there's any funny, strange, or weird stories that you've had in your career that you're happy to share. Uh, I've probably the weirdest thing that's that's happened to me um, when I when I was working. Uh, on the, the, the CAD, uh, my brother was working with me uh, in the same company. Uh, he was out. He was just like uh, just had left uh, university. He was he was basically um, out helping, just gaining experience. So he was out kind of labouring for the, the guys doing the profiling. 
And as you can imagine, the steel plate is really heavy plate. So his job was to take the, the remnant plates, the kind of scrap metal, and he was putting it on a, a sack barrel, a trolley. Yeah, yeah. And he'd put too much of these uh, kind of uh, offcuts on this trolley, so it was too heavy for him. And when he, he kicked it to, to uh, roll it away, it just come right down on top of his legs. So he, he let out this absolute scream and... Uh, I was in the office and I just I heard it and I knew it was him straight away, and um, so I, I ran out and uh, there was three guys over him trying to lift this this trolley off and they were trying to put wood under it to try and purchase the the, the, the trolley off. I couldn't get yeah. near it; it was so heavy. And I don't know if you've ever heard of these things that happen to people that's in car do car doors off and stuff like that. But I just went up to the the trolley and just left. <laughs> Lifted it and oh, threw it. Really? Threw it, yeah. So and like uh, managed to get it off him and he, he was fine. But it was like uh, it's one of these things like like the Hulk or something like that. But it was, <laughs> it was a strange, strange experience. We still talk about it to this day. Yeah. Wow. So you reckon it's just probably the adrenaline sort of? That is adrenaline. That sheer, sheer adrenaline. Yeah. Sheer wow. adrenaline. Yeah. I mean, uh, that that must have been so painful for him. That, that I'm imagining the, the weight of it's pretty. He- yeah immense if it's knocked him over you know by hitting into his legs because a lot of the time that if that sort of happens it can it it hits someone's shins it it rolls away doesn't it you know but uh, but for it to knock him down and pin him down that's, uh, that's just pinned him, pinned him to the to the ground and the, the, as i say there were three three kind of burly guys trying to get it off and couldn't budget it's just it's a strange strange event <laughs> wow yeah that is that, that's weird <laughs> i was wondering which direction this was going in because it sounded quite <laughs> <laughs> quite horrific at one point <laughs> yeah no i like that that's that's pretty cool and um it, it, it reminded me to ask you um actually because you, you're kind of referring back to that that first job and you know what you were wanting to do was something a bit more kind of creative do, do you feel like you've got something creative in your your role today definitely one of the biggest things i enjoy about my my kind of role now is you're helping people it's it's fantastic it's like you're genuinely helping both the workers and the, the people in the homes you're genuinely helping people and it's such a it's you come to work and you just feel good about it it's, it's, it's a good feeling yeah oh that's awesome excellent so um on to my second question then and and it might well be the the, <laughs> the same story but what's your proudest or uh, most inspiring moment in your career I don't, God, I, don't, I don't know, probably where I'm at just now. I mean, I think um, I, I'm in a job that I love, um, which is a, a massive bonus. It's, it's doing something that I really enjoy. I'm spending time with my, with my wife um, and I've got time with my family. So I've kind of, my, my background has been, I've been putting in a lot of hours, coming home late and kind of, Sometimes you miss the kids growing up. They're in bed by the time I get in. So it's like now I'm at a stage in my, my life where I'm really enjoying my work and really enjoying my family life. So Fantastic. And and that's, that's, that's really interesting because I think a lot of people would think getting to general manager, director, CEO, you know, that's, that's a moment to be proud of in someone's career. But... Um, that's not the the proudest one that you're saying. It's it's what you're doing now. So, what is it that you love about the work? So, not necessarily the stuff outside of that, but what is it you love about the work? As I touched on before, it's, it's helping people. You come out of the office, 
And the other thing is it's quite humbling hearing people, other people's stories when they come in for interview and you, you just, it puts things into perspective. It's uh, it's very humbling. Yeah. So that it's dealing with the, 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 the people and, and helping people. That's, that's what I like about the work. Excellent. So that's something that I think you can really be proud of, but how about inspiring? Is there something within the, the, the franchising world or your career that that's inspired you? Uh, yes, I think uh, Carol, uh, basically running the business throughout COVID herself, was very inspirational. Uh, she's done a, a, a fantastic job. Um, and if it wasn't for her, we wouldn't be here today. So definitely, Carol. And that's one of your brownie points too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fantastic. I was thinking that. But um, yeah, I, I think perhaps we've brushed over it a, li- a little bit sort of lightly, really. To have a, a a recruitment business that's continued to run in in COVID times, uh, with all the challenges that everybody's facing, just getting hold of the you know the the clients could have been really tough. Um, getting hold of the, the workers and, and finding people that are willing to go out there. You, I, I know myself from being in that recruitment industry, not in the healthcare sector, but uh, yeah, it's not always easy easy to get hold of people, even in a um, a non-COVID market and, yeah, and fill yeah. these positions. So um, to, to plough through, I think is is fantastic. And um, yeah, to have it to a point where you're you're, you're calling your business successful business um, so quickly after the end of COVID, I think is um, pretty awesome. So yeah, it's really good. Okay, so my my final question then is um, if you're speaking to somebody who is at that point where they're about to maybe invest in either Teslom or any other brand. Uh, what would your one piece of advice be? What would you suggest they do? Research. <laughs> research. Research it. Make sure that you're um, you're picking something that you'll enjoy because you'll be doing it a, a lot of the hours of the day. Uh, speak to other franchisees. Speak to other people in the sector. Choose a, 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 a franchisee, a franchisor, franchisor, sorry, that's a... Uh, that's got a strong business model and that you've got a connection with. Um, if you get a good vibe when you meet the, the person, it, I think it would, it goes a long way. Yeah. Fantastic. Makes a lot of sense and, and really good advice. So Kevin, thank you so much for your time today. It's been a pleasure speaking with you, hearing your, thanks. your journey and, and learn a bit more about what you're doing today. So uh, yeah, thanks very much. Thanks. No worries. Bye-bye. Cheers. Bye. All right, so there we go. That was my conversation with Kevin Fitzpatrick, uh, one half of the dynamic duo from Scotland for the Teslon brand. And um, yeah, really, I think there was one clear message throughout that conversation that uh, stuck in my mind, especially towards the end. And that's persistence over anything else um, can can achieve great things. And I thought it was a really nice touch from Kevin towards the end there to say that his inspiration was his partner and uh, her persistence throughout that COVID period, um, which obviously will have impacted so many businesses. Um, it's, it's pretty impressive. You know, it's it's not easy when all of a sudden everything shuts down um, or, you know, a, a massive influx of business comes in. It's just not, not an easy t- period of time for anybody at 
really. And for for Carol to go through that on her own, in in one sense, you know, I'm sure Kevin was there supporting her as much as possible. But for her to do that on her own is pretty pretty awesome. Um, but also for them as a business as a whole to to overcome a challenge like that, it shows that I think in the long run, um, they great things are going to happen for them you know uh, if they can survive through a, a really difficult challenging period of time and come out the side the other end of it positive and, and thinking that they've have a successful business and um, can see a, a big future for it I think that's awesome um, the other thing that I really like is the fact that Kevin is now doing something that he kind of always wanted to do um, if you remember back to the the early part of the, the conversation you know, he wanted to do something creative. Perhaps his art skills weren't up to scratch. But uh, now, through transitioning uh, or changing his career totally from engineering now into healthcare recruitment, he's found uh, an opportunity to, to to let some of that creativity go. And um, yeah, it's, it's really good to see. I think a lot of people think you know once you become an MD of a company or CEO, you know that's that's almost the pinnacle of. Um, employment and you know that's that's what lots of people strive for but it was interesting when when asking him you know what's been your proudest and inspiring moments it's it's not been to get to that role it's been to to um, take this challenge and leap into business ownership and um, I think uh, you know Tesla brand itself has been a big part of that helping him to get there so it's uh, it's really cool and really nice to see it especially as I've, I've interviewed this brand um, almost top to bottom uh, in their head office if you haven't seen the video by the way check it out on our our YouTube channel but um, it's great to see that no matter which franchisee I speak to from the brand um, they've all got a lot of positive things to say about Tesla so um, yeah really really good to hear all of that and of course the advice at the end there um, good stuff from Kevin and I, I always like to hear from franchisees what their advice is because it's maybe slightly different um, when it comes from a franchise or directly um, so hopefully you, you found some value in that as well so thank you very much for listening um, if you want to find out more about what we're doing head over to www.thefranchised.com um, lots of other great content on there some of the other brands that we uh, work within the franchise community uh, we're also on linkedin tiktok facebook instagram so go check us out there uh, make sure if you are, are following us on any of the channels already you hit that subscribe button so you get alerted to all of the new podcasts and videos that we're putting out there and um, final shout out goes out to our sponsors for this episode symphony so head over to www.symphony.co.uk forward slash disenfranchised just in case you're from the franchising world already and want to check out the services they provide to franchisors and franchisees um, in and around that lead generation piece, making sure you don't miss an opportunity. So again, thanks for listening. Um, Hope you have a good day, evening, morning, whenever it is you're listening to this and I'll catch you on the next one. Bye-bye.